In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, maybe your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash Big Climb. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, May 26th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us here on the phone, we got Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey yo. yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the farm, Lee Ellis. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> and last but not least, making this magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. And it's time once again for the Updown Report. Preparing your tubies. It's the Updown Report. All right, we talked about this one a little bit on yesterday's show, but during an appearance on Get Up, Brian Windhorse said he thinks there's a real chance the NBA could go straight to the postseason if and when it returns, which could open the door for reseeding the 16 playoff teams. See you later, Eastern Conference and Western Conference. According to Windy, League Commissioner Adam Silver has long been interested in the concept. So... Up or down on the NBA implementing the 1-16 to playoff seeding if and when we fire back up this season. I'm down. I know you guys want to have some fun and let loose uh, during this situation <laughs> here where things can definitely be tried in this scenario. But I don't think the 1-16 is a smart idea right now. Uh, it's not a real trial of it whatsoever because they're not traveling at all. So we'll have no idea if it really worked. They didn't even play a balanced East-West schedule during the season before this. And I think the asterisk on the season will be there. And this little gimmick it's going to be looked at uh, is going to make it even bigger. And what do they do next year? Do they balance the schedule? If they don't, that asterisk gets even larger. And it really it doesn't change any of the team's participating whatsoever. Usually people say, oh, the Western Conference is so much better. The East isn't. Well, the Orlando Magic, the eight-seeded team in the Eastern Conference, is better than the ninth-seeded Portland Trailblazers in the West. So it wouldn't change the teams. It doesn't make any matchup any sexier either, really. You got the Sixers and Celtics playing in both scenarios. You got the Clippers playing the Mavs in both scenarios. How about Nuggets Pacers and ABA throwback matchup? <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, yeah, Got exactly. I think you proved my point there, Trey. <laughs> I can't wait for that 6-11 right there. Mm-hmm. To me, though, you're never going to find out if this works if you don't try it. That was kind of uh, Tom Ziller's point in his newsletter today is that we shouldn't try it if they're not going to do it next year. Why would you know if you're going to want to do it next year if you never try it the first time? The You're right, Tass. Perhaps this, it would... 
make the asterisk a small bit smaller if you do everything uh, the standard way whenever everybody finally gets to Disney World. Maybe just playing the playoffs the way that we've always played the playoffs is a way to, to legitimize this season's champion a little bit more. But I think people are going to be looking back at the 1920 season no matter what, remembering it as the COVID-1920 season. Um, so you might as well take this opportunity to really blow it out and see what things work and what things don't work. Yeah, I'm definitely up for this. I mean, the NBA has to move towards this permanently anyway, in my opinion. Now, there are other issues like balancing out the schedule and getting rid of conferences and divisions, but that'll come in time. But this is the perfect opportunity for them to try it. I mean, it's the way that the the system should be. And you don't need to reseed after this as well. So if someone, if there is an upset, then all of a sudden they reseed the seedings. Just keep it the way it is like this. It'll give you a much clearer indication of... Who the, the, it should give you the top two teams battling no matter where they're from. And that's ultimately what we want in the finals. We don't want it to be a situation where you have the best team from one conference that maybe had an easier or less challenging run and then the two teams from another conference playing off in the conference finals. You want the two best teams. A system like this is designed to give the two best teams the best chance of meeting in the finals. So this is a great time for the NBA to try it. And, and I agree, like, you've got to try it to see how it works for one. And for two, uh, going forward, why not do this for the next five years as an experiment anyway and then see uh, if, if it works and if fans like it. I mean, the traveling thing to me... Look, they're all in private chartered planes anyway. It's not like they're going to the airport two hours prior and they've got to squash into uh, economy seats. They're all on beautiful, luxurious airplanes flying around to play basketball. So, you know, it's not that big a deal. And they go and stay in the city as well for a couple of nights. So it's not like you're in and out of a city flying across the country from one day to the next. In, yeah, in, but in like, normal- listen, the Nets would be facing the Lakers. Right. In, in this scenario, 215. Okay, so right. a cross, cross-continent matchup. Yeah. You're not even you're not really trying it by playing the Nets and the Lakers in this scenario. It's why because you're not flying. Well, yeah, but a, so what? I mean, that, they, they can't fly. So they're putting it into this experiment situation right now to see if this seeding system works. To the travel of course part it, of it works. I mean, why wouldn't it work? Two yeah. teams well, if it works, basketball. then why not go for it? it it's because you're not really trying because you didn't have a balance schedule. It's not, it's not a, a full trial. It, it just makes it more of a gimmick. Why not? If you're going to try it next year, sure, try it next year. Try the whole thing. Balance why not try it now when you've got the perfect situation to try it, when you've got all the teams there together? The travel part is is like, who cares about that right now? That's not the, that's not something that can is going to change. So yeah, just you're not do really, it. You're really not trying it. It's yeah. not, How are you just, not trying it? I don't understand there. this. You're not trying it. I don't understand what that means. You are absolutely trying because it. Because the way you're okay, putting so play in top teams are they with their play records in a, in a matchup and you're matching them up one through 16 best record versus 16th best record and you're going in that order and that's how you match them up. I mean, that's okay, based so on the information the they have through the regular year? seasons. That's what they've got to deal with right now. That's the only uh, data they've got to deal with right now. So why not just use that? So that's what they're going to do next year then? They're well, who knows what they're going to do? They haven't said what they're doing next season. They're talking about this season and going to see how it works. Why talk about next season when they haven't even finished this season? They don't know how this season's going to end yet. They haven't even said whether or not this is happening. So why not even just look into it with what you've got right now and move forward with that information? Well, the information they're going to get from this is absolutely pointless. That's, how that's do you the know that? Point. How do you know that? Because they're not trying anything. Because, so, <laughs> uh, so, so are they going to play? I'm saying, are they going to play in a neutral site next year? Is that is that what they're trying right now? Like that's this isn't data. Why are they're you not worrying about? Any data. Why, why are you worrying about what they're going to do next season when they haven't even done this for this season? Why not see how it plays out this season first, 
and then move forward to next season. Of course, they're not going to play in a neutral site next season if things go back to normal. They'll go back to the home and uh, you know home and home situation. This situation is not usual. This is unusual. This is different. So they're going to try something now and see if this format works. It, it's the it's a much smarter system to have the top two teams in a more likely scenario where they match off regardless of where they finish in the standings. It doesn't make sense to me because you're you're not you're not gathering any information. It's you're just this is just the way it's going to be for this year, and then they're going to have to change it next year. Well, you're saying yeah, you're not I, gathering information, but then you seem to be saying that they are going to figure out things and and just go back for next season. So, I mean, what what like why not do this right now, based on the seedings that we have today? assuming there'll be no more regular season games and then figure it out from there. I mean, it's, I mean, other sports do it. You know, this is how tennis works all the time. You put your seedings in there. It's like March Madness as well. You seed it so that you have the, the most likely chance of the best two teams playing off or the best two players. I mean, I don't see what's so difficult to understand about that. Yeah, tennis well, the reason is, pretty, they is haven't a pretty different done it. sport. I think, yeah, I mean, the reason though, <laughs> Lee, you agree, the reason they haven't done this in the past they say is because of travel reasons. That's what they say. That's the reason they're telling us. Well, and I that, think what just Tass is saying, you're right. You're like, okay, this is a crazy year. This is a crazy playoffs if we even get it. So why not have a go at this? Because like you're saying, ultimately you want the two best teams left standing in the finals. Everybody agrees with that. Everybody gets that. But what Tass is saying is like, it w- this will not really, if, if you want to lean into this, like it sounds like you do, it ain't going to help when we go back to normal because the complications of travel, and now you disagree, you think travel's not a big deal, but they are saying it is, right? This, you know, going cross country left and right, left and right here all the time. That's why they haven't done it. So being in a neutral site, like in Orlando, Disney World, that's awesome. And yeah, maybe you want to have a go at this this year, but it's not going to help you. It's not a true representation of what this actually would be moving forward. And honestly, that's a fair argument. Even a huge Nuggets versus Pacers fan like me (laughs) realizes that there's quite a bit of a distance between Denver and Indianapolis. So you're not getting uh, the, the gathered data of what it would be like having these teams travel back and forth, back and forth. That's certainly true, but... Since you have everybody in the same place, yeah. why not just blow it out? That, to me, is where you can figure out... See, I'm also a little bit further on this than you guys. Like, 1 to 16 seeds is pretty simple to me, and I think that that's kind of um, what's going to come out of this from... You know, the survey was for GMs around the league, but it was also for everybody to hear about the survey and say, whew, interesting, I like the idea of this 1 to 16 seeds. Let's do that. It was almost a survey for fans as well, but Mm -hmm. I would take it further. I mean, I don't necessarily think you need 16 teams in the playoffs. I don't think that the first round needs to be seven games. There are a lot of things you should try. Least of all is one through 16. Right. Yeah, I guess I'm ultimately to to throw my thumbs on it. I'm going to go down because I saw what Zilla wrote today too there, Trey, and I thought he summed it up perfectly. You know, uh, my feeling on the matter. What the NBA can keep normal, it should try to do so. If for nothing else, then it may lend some more legitimacy to the results that we ultimately get. That's how I feel with it. Um, I I don't, because it does feel, I guess, a little gimmicky. I don't want to upset you anymore, Lee. It does. (laughs) Just in this instance, that's all. The only way to get Lee mad is talk playoff formats or blow a leaf blower. (laughs) I know, I love it. I love the passion. I don't don't see what's so gimmicky about it because we're saying there's an asterisk on the season. Big, small, doesn't matter. There's an asterisk on the season, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and you're saying the NBA, you know, the the travel's the reason they've been not doing it. That's not really the main reason. The main reason is because there's two conferences. That's why they haven't done it in the past. Yeah, because Eastern Conference owners are like, well, we will never make the playoffs. 
playoffs, you know, like those crappy teams that are 7-8. and eight. Usually, though Tass pointed out wisely, that's not the case here. It would be... It would be the 16 best teams in the league right now. It'd be eight from the west and eight from the east, which is not usually the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Look at the look at the flight last year from Oklahoma City to Portland. That's a long way, isn't it? I mean. Oh man, I wish I could tell you how many times could you watch <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire on that flight? Exactly. Probably twice. Probably yeah, twice. Probably. And you know, and the director's cut as well. But. <laughs> hey, look. You know, it, you've you've seen the tweets going around. You know what the breakdown would look like this Sweet 16 if we did this. Yeah. I'll tell you who's happy with it. Laker fans, come on. I mean, they, they would come out looking great, I think, in this sort of matchup here, these seedings. They'd play the Nets. Then they would play the Jazz Rockets. Oh, fascinating matchup. We get the Jazz Rockets when we do this. Oh, never seen them play together. And then on the other end of it, it's like Raptors, Grizzlies, and then Nuggets, Pacers. Who's the yeah. best team the Lakers would have to go through there to but get isn't to the that, finals? Isn't that the, what the Lakers have earned throughout the season by being the best second-best yeah. team in the league? Well, yeah. The, the, the second-best team. Yeah, yeah, the second best Bucks, team. They the, wouldn't face the Bucks potentially until the finals. I mean, yeah, that's I exactly know, I know, what you I want. Know. But so come on, who are the, who, who the, are the three best teams? The Bucks are going to have to face the, the Clippers, that's right? The, but yeah, and yeah. and the the the, the, Rap, the Lakers in this theory would have to face the Raptors as the third seeded team. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The Bucks and Clippers could be the two best teams in the league, right? Of course, you they can, could be. Yeah, but, yeah. But well, but based on their based on their seedings right now, though, that's not yeah. how it matches up. That's right. so you you know you're saying they could be the best team. That's in like oh well, I think they're the best team, but based on their win loss record, yeah, this is how the seedings match up. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, not balanced. Uh, you know, not yeah, balanced course, schedules, yeah. right? Yeah, so. but that's so a think, huge, of, that's, think about the eleven twelve season where we had a sixty six games shortened season. What if they tried this and then they went back to the other way? the following year wouldn't that just increase the size of the asterisk wouldn't you just say well that was a gimmick a real gimmick season well what if they didn't do it though what if they didn't do it or if they they didn't do it that's exactly what they didn't do it that's right right this is totally different the season stopped in the middle of the season rather than going throughout the whole thing um and i mean you still people say hear people say the spurs got us asterisk from their 99 season i mean that's you know phil jackson said that about them immediately after it happened Okay, but you're still, you, uh, I know, but you didn't answer my question. You're still increasing the size of the asterisk. I, I think that's <laughs> definitely the case. Okay, but this... it's going to be the biggest asterisk in league history, regardless of what happens. If they play, you know, East versus West, one through eight in both sides, and we get the standard champion the way we always do, this is still going down as the biggest asterisk in league history. Yep. This is going down as uh, one of the most heated topics in No Dunks history, which uh, <laughs> I didn't see coming, but I'm glad we started with it. Let's hear from you guys. Jump on Twitter. At No Dunks Inc., thumbs up or thumbs down on the, uh, you know, the reseeding of the 116 if, again, if, and hopefully uh, we pick up this season or at least the playoffs maybe in late July. Yeah, and uh, Wentworth didn't make clear, and I'm not sure how many teams have to actually approve this to make it happen because yeah. it's not going to happen, I, I don't think. It, like, depending, you know, it's what, from the 16 teams, like the Bucks aren't saying, hey, we want to play the Clippers, please. Um, the, the Nets aren't saying, um, you know what? I'd rather play the Lakers than the Raptors. The Celtics aren't saying, uh, you know what? I want the Clippers in the second round instead of the Raptors. Yeah. So it I doesn't really make sense to me. We will see. Next one. Let's see if uh, we're just as passionate about this one. It's a, it's a simple one. Are you up or down on kiddie pools for adults? <laughs> <laughs> I just got a kiddie pool, technically for my kids, you know, but uh, big enough that a full-grown man can fit in it. And after considering all of the aspects of this kiddie pool for adults, I have to say I'm hesitantly up. 
Here are the problems with the kiddie pool for adults. Number one, it takes forever to fill something that is pretty small, all things considered. It took me like an hour and a half to fill this thing up yesterday. Two-thirds of the way, I'm like, I like it, get in there with you, but you'll have nowhere to go. The other major problem, uh, shout out to Joe Rogan, this is the filth factor. Oh my goodness, if you're leaving a kiddie pool outside, you're just asking for um, basically a mosquito breeding ground, so you're going to be refilling it a lot, and it takes a long time every day. And of course, there's the creep factor. I'm going to be out there, shirt off, laying in a pool while everybody could be peeping me. Not so sure about that, but... A pool is essential for summer, so I'm still up on it. There's a lot of downfalls, but still, once you're in that cool water, it's all good. Wow. Yeah, they, I've got hey, one too. We've we got one at home. We splash on the uh, balcony with it because we get the uh, hot afternoon sun directly onto our balcony, so it's stinking hot, and I jump in there with the boys. The thing is, I just don't fill it up all that much, really, because I know that it is gross. You think how gross it is just in there with your two own kids that you love and cherish, when I when I empty it at the end of the day, it is just full of filth. Disgusting. Yeah. Oh, can you goodness, imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine then what a like a public pool is like every day after people go in it? It is grotesque. Well, yeah, but at least there's a filtering system of some sort with that. Yeah, pool. that's the difference. Yeah. You're literally... some sort of like chemical, maybe yeah. right, like a chlorine yeah. or a salt water that keeps it clean. This is just straight out of a yeah. the kitchen sink. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, um, the first ground rule for us when we put this thing up was: do not put this water in your mouth. Who knows what you guys are doing in there? Who knows yeah. what the squirrels and birds are doing in there? Yeah. But the other uh, part is you got you just got to enjoy it. So we have like a big umbrella there as well. I get a mojito going. I've got the mint growing in the garden there. So it's refreshing and it's relaxing. And are you sitting it. down in it or are you just yes. putting your feet in it? You're, you're no, no. sitting it. You're getting in yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got the like the pads. We bought the pads that you put down. So you're sitting. You're not sitting directly onto like the wooden balcony. Oh, okay. Otherwise, that'd be tough. Yeah. Well, but, I was so. going to ask you guys. You both put them on your balconies or your patios, whatever you want to call them. Um, I mean, did you guys crunch the numbers here? Do we know the weight we got going on out there? <laughs> oh, no. I'm expecting uh, to have to have, you know, my fifth set of deck repairs anytime soon. <laughs> There's just tons of water sitting up here. But it's about that time, you know, about this time every every summer they come and cut a hole in my deck for some reason. Then tear it all up and put it back down so because yeah. yeah, you keep putting kiddie pools out there yeah, exactly right they're like well, why is there this massive amount of water underneath this deck every year yeah Tass what do you think thumbs up or thumbs down gotta go down would you sit in your bath water for hours <laughs> yes you'd, you'd refresh that you would maybe JD would you're, how long are your bads, JD? Uh, no, yeah. 20 minutes max yeah you're right you're 100% right Tass. that's pretty nasty yeah. what, what, what did uh, question Trey what did Joe Rogan say about kiddie pools oh no this was a Joe Rogan fear fear factor factor reference reference. (laughs) Joe Rogan will always be a fear factor guy (laughs) to me first and foremost Um, yeah it's pretty nasty it's pretty nasty unless you're dropping a bottle of chlorine in it it's it's gross (laughs) yeah I uh, you know I've already talked about how I feel guilty when I when I have a rainfall shower head so that part Trey like you're talking about taking that much water just to fill it up yeah it's yeah. deceivingly a lot of water in one of those things it looks like yours is pretty big too i will say trey for a kiddie pool like it's not one of those like tiny little circle ones right it's like uh it's a lot bigger than that i could probably do one and a half laps you know? <laughs> yeah okay it's, it's one big. and a half body lengths of me yeah yeah so that no wonder it takes so long to fill up yeah and it's like oh man 
Where do you see that water bill, man? Wow. Hey, it's, oh a hot, it's, a, uh, it, it's a hot item right now. You can't get them on Amazon. They've sold out. Oh, really? People, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone yeah. needs one. So. Yeah, that makes sense. And it oh, is... I sold my house in Lombard. So if anybody wants to buy my pool in Atlanta, just let me know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Excellent. Uh, next one here. According to Darren Rovell, Michael Jordan has unsuccessfully tried to sell his Chicago mansion. Trey, he might need your help. For the last eight years, MJ's been trying to sell this mansion for the last eight years. It started off at $29 million, now listed for a very cool $14.8 million. So he's basically half this bad boy. According to the Zillow listing, the 32,000-plus square foot house has nine bedrooms and 19 bathrooms. In it. Or you can look at his 19 kiddie pools in it as well. <laughs> Are you up or down on Jordan's Chicago mansion? Lee, why don't you go first? Well, I'm up on it. I just can't believe that no, there's not some crazy obsessed Jordan fan from Chicago who didn't jump yeah. all over that for that yeah. price. I agree I mean, with that. The initial <laughs> price, okay. No, but like, I mean, who do you mean, Oprah? Like, what crazy <laughs> Jordan fan is going to just hey. drop twenty nine million? Isn't isn't Chicago a big uh, financial city in, in in America? There's a lot of hedge fund brokers out there. <laughs> Certainly, I'm sure. So, you know, you always see those guys. They make millions in bonuses. Someone growing up as a Jordan fan would have been like, "I can buy his house. Yeah, sweet, I'll jump on that." But yeah. I think the real problem is yeah. is how he's trying to sell it. Have you seen the video? It's about an eight-minute-long video, sort of, of mm-hmm. the house. Yep, that's the problem right there. Got to get on mean? TikTok. Get on TikTok. That's where <laughs> how you're going to sell it these days. It's too long and it's boring. Instead, just have Jordan do some funky little TikTok, like thirty-second video, however long they go for. I guarantee you'll sell it in a second. Make Jordan doing some crazy faces, like showing his rings. I got the rings. I got the bling. You want my house? It's yours for a steal. Something like that would sell instantly. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that is the market for uh, TikTokers, hedge fund guys. Hedge fund guys are chilling on TikTok. Look at this. Look at this. Looking for real estate listings. <laughs> no one's. No one wants to sit through a boring eight-minute presentation anymore. They want short, sharp, you know, captive uh, videos, and that's the way to do it. I'm telling you. If you can't uh, well, sell your house in 30 seconds, what's the point? Yep. <laughs> well, Trey, you're a you're a big Jordan fan. You're a big Bulls fan. Why you haven't bought this thing, man? I was just waiting for the price to drop, you know. <laughs> 29 million seemed a little ridiculous to me. I like to get my mansions on clearance. Makes you wonder though, is it worth what it costs if he was trying to sell it for 29 million, which I'm guessing the number came from number 23 plus 6 rings, that's 29 because <laughs> apparently the 14 588 all adds up to 23. The guy's super into numerology, but it's going to be worth it to you because you get an infinity pool, you get a basketball court, you get putting greens. Of course, you get a cigar room. You never have to leave the house, which is good because after you spend this much money on it, you probably aren't going to be able to leave your house. Yeah, yeah. Okay, JD, what, did you get a chance to look at this? All I'm looking bathrooms? at it right now. Yeah. Um, I'm down. Um, it's been on Zillow for 3,007 days. Wow. <laughs> he, so I guess I'm assuming he hasn't lived in it for that long. It probably still stinks of cigar smoke. The whole place just stinks <laughs> oh. of cigar oh, smoke, and that's why they can't move it. I got to disagree. I think the the cigar room has some incredible filtration systems that make it. I mean, it's a it's yeah, a really expensive. He is house. not it's, containing it to the cigar room task. He is smoking the cigars all over this place. Oh. I'm telling you. The, what uh, what other reason? Fifteen million. I, it's a steal. <laughs> I, I would like to think the cigar room is like a guest house and it's separated. But I'm seeing the overhead, the aerial Helwani shot here. And nothing, no, not seeing, it doesn't look like it's separated. So you're probably right, J.D. 
House probably stinks. Oh, that's why the the roofs are all the roof is all brown. Yeah, <laughs> stinks. Oh, if you have I, enough money to afford Michael Jordan's mansion, and you go in there, and it just smells so much like cigars that you get sick. Is that a deal breaker for you? Or you're like, you know what? I got 15 mil. I'm buying Michael Jordan's house. I don't care if it smells like garbage. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's, I wish you could just buy the gate. That's all I want from this house. <laughs> I want the, you know, the 23 gate, um, yeah. that iconic uh, gate that leads up to his house. That's all I would want. Maybe you can make just an offer on that. Otherwise, uh, yeah, too. You know, it look, it does look... It looks dated, which it is. You know, yeah. it, it does look a little dated. Sorry, MJ. Um, I know you're living down in Florida now, but it's got the putting green. It's got the infinity pool. It's got a regulation sized basketball court. That's pretty cool. Does it come with court. the jeans? Are you getting the jeans as a throw? Oh, yeah, his jeans closet. Um, I don't know, too. Uh, yeah, nine, 19 bathrooms. Wow, that's a lot of. Uh, that's a lot of cleaning. A lot of cleaning. Yeah. Also, uh-huh. ordering DoorDash is probably a nightmare because the address is 2700 but there's a massive 23 on the gate as well. <laughs> so it's like, you can never get anything. <laughs> hadn't thought about that. Hadn't thought about that. All right, next one. Um, as we all know, the NBA engaged in exploratory conversations with the Walt Disney Company about restarting 1920 NBA season late July at Disney's ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Florida doing this sort of single-site NBA campus idea. So we've talked about the actual playing of basketball at one site, like Disney World. But I want to know, are you up or down on Disney World as a vacation destination? Um, I've never been, so I'm excited to hear your answers. Trey? I haven't been, at least since I've been able to drive, so 20-something years. And I'm dying to go now because they have made some significant improvements uh, in the two decades since I've been there. Apparently, there's now a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney mm. World that looks very cool because, you know, Disney acquired the Star Wars catalog a few years ago. I know it's not Disney World, but at Universal, I'm dying to go to Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Uh, you know, finally get my wand to see which house I'm going to be sorted in, maybe mm. have a butter beer. I don't know. And then, of course, my girls uh, during quarantine have become obsessed with uh, the Disney World, Elsa and Anna, Moana. Princess Aurora, Snow White, all of the classics. Uh, you know, shout out to Tass and his wife hooking it up with that Disney Plus login so we can uh, <laughs> oh, pass beautiful. some days. You know, on, on a sunny day, we're outside in a filthy pool, and on a cloudy day, we're inside watching Disney. I think you can find a filthy pool and princesses at Disney World, so I'm there. You blew up my spot. I'm going to get my, <laughs> my Disney Bob password not revoked. <laughs> Yeah, it's the happiest place on earth. I can't wait to go because I've never been, but um, I don't know. Not right now. Not right now. See, <laughs> the good thing about it is everybody's wearing a mask already. So if this, if every like Goofy's wearing a mask, Minnie's wearing a mask, so we're staying safe if this place does open up because there's some talks about it opening up in July mm-hmm. um, when the NBA could possibly be there. Yeah, like in stages, I think they're talking about. Like, they're not just gonna say, "Okay, we're open for business," but like certain number of people out in the parks and opening certain parts and stuff like that. Yeah, that is the, that is the word. I guess I was asking as a not not in July or August of this year as a vacation destination, but in if you had been before. So you haven't been, okay, Lee? Have you been? No, I haven't. I've been to oh, Disney. Geez. I went to Disneyland when I was like five years old. But if I'm going anywhere near Disney World, I want to go with our former cameraman Rick because I want him to sort of give me all the <laughs> scoops about uh, where to go and what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, it's got to be actually. I went to Disneyland last year. What am I talking about? I forgot. I went to Disneyland for the day uh, <laughs> when I was amazing. on my way back to Australia. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was great. Well, Jobber, Jobber, who sent in this tweet, actually, he took care of me out there in Disneyland. It was great. We went and checked out uh, Galaxy's Edge. And you want to go with Rick, the cameraman? Yes. Can you just tell why to some people that have no idea why you just said that? (laughs) He was the very first ever Goofy at Disney World. And uh, he told us a couple of great stories about what it was like down there. And and Rick's such an engaging character. We had him on a podcast. He was fun. And I think uh, someone like him would really be able to, you know, just help you around, get get around Disney World and tell you a few stories, a few backstories about what goes on. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe even have a few sneaky little places to go and check out while you're there. Okay. Yeah, and if he wants a real throwback kind of day, uh, your sons could punch him in the nuts a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Rick would love that, I'm sure. You know, that'll give him the real, uh, a real throwback memory for him. Uh, JD, have you been to Disney World? I have never been. I have almost no desire to go. And my kids, are they're getting a little older now, so I think I've successfully missed the window, you know? Oh, wow. So... Um, but uh, then again, I am into Star Wars, and apparently there's an Avatar ride. I don't really, I'm not into Avatar, but the ride is supposed to be badass. Um, but I'm also not into standing in line and crowds and all that and spending way too much money. So right. I think I'm down. I'm down. Okay. Okay. Wow. I can't believe how a uh, few of us have actually been to Disney World. It's a little shocking to me. Um, I will say, <sighs> yeah, I'm going to say it. The people that are really, really into Disney World creep me out. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm not talking about kids. I ain't talking about kids. I'm talking about grown-ass adults that are really into Disney World. Doesn't yeah. sit right with me, and I'll leave it at that. Well, <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same for basketball, though. People who are really, really, really into it, a little creepy. Yeah, but I'm not dressing up as Steve Nash, you know, every three weeks, bro. You know, and I even look like him. There's something odd with that. All right. What about the Lopez brothers? They're obsessed with both. Well, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Next one. This one comes from Young Eater on Twitter. Up or down on virtual commencements? Yes. What do you think, Tess? You know, first I was going to go down, but... Something I saw the last few days made me change my opinion. We're going up, baby. Yeah, you're going to miss out on some things. But last week, I saw videos of my friends at graduation way back when. 20, from 20 years ago, these videos surfaced. I had no idea where they came from. A man, Lee and Thor. And they were buffoons in these videos. <laughs> you don't want that to happen. You, you don't want those memories. I know it sounds crazy. But you're gonna miss on, on some, uh, you know, some G-rated partying. Don't worry about it. It's worth it. It's worth not to have these embarrassments on tape because everything is on tape right now. It's it's absolutely worth it. Don't worry about it. It's not gonna be that fun. Like what were they doing? Ah, uh, they're just being adolescent. They just they're just talking really, and they look dumb because they were teenagers talking. <laughs> I'm 100% with Tass on this. You know, there there was like LeBron giving his graduation speech, that sort of thing, Obama as well. If you're into that sort of thing, that this is an opportunity to experience that that you would n- have never had before. But also if you have zero interest in a graduation, a virtual one is so much easier to skip. You can even turn on the audio, mute it, turn off your video and go away. Like uh, it's so easy to blow off. You've got none of these memories. The only thing I remember from either of my graduations was I kissed my principal on the top of the head in high school, got a nice pop from the crowd, but, you know, 
wouldn't be doing that in 2020. And <laughs> nope. the other one was that it was blazing hot for my college graduation. And I wish I wasn't there sitting underneath a black robe. So I don't know. I would have gladly skipped at least that college one. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's important at the time, but then you realize as life moves on, you don't really care at all about it, and it's uh, it's pretty insignificant. So you know, who cares really? Okay, <laughs> JD, JD. Now you didn't you didn't uh, go to the Ryerson graduation or ceremony, did you? Uh, no, I did not. Just a just a credit shy, Skeets. Just one credit shy. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I think graduating is important. I feel bad for the seniors, like at my, my, uh, my son's school. Like, it, it kind of sucks because there's yeah. no prom, there's no, there's none of that stuff, and uh, the, the Zoom me- meetings or the Zoom virtual graduations are, are a nightmare. Although it is cool that LeBron and Obama and uh, others have been doing the commencement speeches and stuff like that. That I like, but. Uh, I'm uh, generally I'm down on ceremonies and getting together in general, so I guess I'm down on this. <laughs> yeah, I like like Trey. I don't, and maybe you do, Tass. I don't remember. I don't remember anything from our Ryerson, you know, commencement, <laughs> like at all. I remember I think just standing in the quad after it was done. <laughs> I remember uh, we got a speech from the great Peter Mansbridge. Yeah. Okay, he was there. He had two two. Uh, pieces of advice one get a good bed you're gonna sleep on it a lot and two get good footwear you're gonna walk on them a lot okay okay that is good advice not bad actually yeah Yeah. nice little tips there from peter mansbridge (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh we do i I, i'm echoing what you're saying though gd you gotta feel bad for for the seniors though this is obviously very very strange times and uh you know yeah as as uh as i don't know unmemorable as they are as boring as they are, it's still fun to get together with your friends, right? And and, uh, and hang out. So it does suck that they can't do that right now. Next one. Over the weekend, a picture of James Harden appearing noticeably slimmer blew up Twitter. A feature by The Athletic's Kelly Eco revealed this week that Harden has been working out in Arizona with former college teammates. So as part of his workouts, Harden is doing mountain drills and yoga and pool work and sand exercises uh, he looks very, very slim down in this photo going around where he's coming down the mountain. Uh, and he looks cool, too. He's already got the beard, but his hair's getting crazy. Up or down? Tass, we'll start with you. Up or down on Skinny Harden? I'm down. I like my Harden big. No, I uh, <laughs> I am down, though. I, I think it's a great piece by, by Kelly Eco. It's great to hear about NBA players doing stuff again, frankly. But what are we supposed to take from it? Harden got into the best shape of his life over the last two months. And the, really, the article sort of focuses on one week. So he's ready to win the championship now. I just I just don't want to be fooled. I read about stuff with <laughs> sort of around about Joel Embiid before this season. And Embiid's been good, but he hasn't been MVP level. And I thought he was going to be an MVP this season. Right. And, and, you know, there's an old saying in Tennessee that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you, fool me. You can't get fooled again. Uh, you know, that's that's how the saying goes. Peter Mansbridge did not say that. It's, it, like, it's funny because I do believe this hiatus could be a bit of a window for James Harden to sneak in there and, and upset some teams because it, it, it helps the Rockets, I think, uh, more so. I guess it hurts the Rockets less than it does the Lakers because they play this, like, iso ball. Uh, but I want to see it on the floor, and I don't think these articles – really prove all that much and Trey I know you're with me on that aspect 
could help the Rockets, but it also could hurt James Harden chilling out for two months. But I guess Kelly Eco's article makes us proves that he has been working out at the very least. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting. You know, it's very likely that the commitment, an NBA player's commitment to fitness during these two, three, four months at the most uh, could seriously influence the title, right? Like we've seen, yeah. it would be, you know, it's easy for Harden to be able to work out like he's saying, I've got a court I can get to, I've got weights, I've got a treadmill, I've got all this stuff because, you know, he's a hundred millionaire kind of guy. That's not necessarily the case for uh, some younger players or players on even their first deal uh, who are going to have to figure out what they were doing. You know, we saw Serge Ibaka as well looking quite skinny. Guys are going to come back looking different. And that's quite possible that it has an effect um, during the playoffs or whatever form of playoffs we get. The quote that blew my mind, though, was from uh, the guy who's training with Harden who said, James Harden knows what his body needs and he knows what his body wants to know. Huh? (laughs) I mean, the first part I'm with you. He knows what his body needs. Gotcha. Who doesn't, you know? We got to eat healthy food and we got to move our muscles. But he knows what his body wants to know. That's deep. That is mm-hmm. deep. And like, yeah, especially when you pair it with the photo again. He looks he looks wise to me. Like, he is coming <laughs> down from the mountaintop. Like, he has seeked somebody out and, uh, and now knows the path to a championship. But, uh, Lee, what do you think? I mean, in this article, we know that he's studying uh, pilometrics um, yeah. to further enhance his quickness in his first step. Yeah, what do you think of Skinny Harden? We've got to be a little bit careful because he doesn't have Instagram anymore, James Harden. So if he really wanted to brag about his bod you know, he'd be putting it all over Instagram. So mm. um, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, like photos can be deceptive at times and, and he definitely looks skinnier than we've ever seen. But once you get him out on the court, maybe he hasn't actually lost all that much weight, you know, because sometimes NBA players as well look so much different in person than they do in their basketball uniform, That's you know, true. like, so maybe it's just because we're seeing him in, in sort of clothes that we don't normally see him and he's got those like, you know, figure hugging uh, or the tights on his legs and they just don't sort of stand out as much as normal. But um, yeah, interesting. I mean, you know, in quarantine, it's been hard to keep, uh, to lose weight, I've found. So um, he's doing that part of it well, that he's been able to get Oh yeah, skinnier. you're just eating ribs every day. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I look at oh, are head. you eating ribs in the kiddie pool? Because that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might have to add that there. Yeah, I might oh, do that no. tonight, yeah. Um, <laughs> Trey, so, yeah. Trey mentioned the, the creep factor in the, in the pool. If you're an adult man sitting in a pool, you are the creep. Not when not when you're with your own kids. No, you're having mm. a great time. You're splashing around. I mean, okay. if you're there with, if like, if it was just us, it was just dudes in the kiddie pool. Yes, creepy and weird. <laughs> but if you're there playing with your kids, it's fine. I'm telling you, you got to have the mojito next to you. Then it's like it's classy. <laughs> I just want to know. I mean, this is great, skinny Harden, skinny Surge, like you said. But when are we getting the update on uh, Jokic? I just want to know what's going on with Jokic. Is he skinny? Oh yeah. Is, is he gigantic? Because we know he comes into every season, uh, basically has to play himself back into shape. Is that going to be the case here? Would they play the Pacers in the first round? Are we due for a 6-11 upset in the first <laughs> round? Because Jokic's body isn't tight? That's that's the article I'm waiting on. I don't even know where he is. He might be... I, I don't. I, is he here? Is he still over home? I don't know. I don't even know where he is. I need a Jokic update. I do. Uh, I, I like this part about the, the James Harden aspect where he talks about yeah i've got all this equipment because i've had a gym for a long time and then it's just him working outside it's all all about it's like i don't need any of it i'll just go up this mountain i'll run in the sand yeah good point 
All right, we got a lot more up-down topics to throw some thumbs on, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Need help chilling out, decompressing, or just relaxing? Well, maybe Sunday Scaries are for you. They are specially formulated CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that are super consumable and easy to take on the go. And here's the best part. It doesn't even have to be Sunday, nor do you have to be scared to take them. You know how I know? Because nobody knows what day it is right now, and you want to know what's scary, try writing a book about yourself, my friend. Also, if you try Sunday Scaries right now, you'll be contributing to a good cause, because Sunday Scaries recently launched Cabin Scaries to promote social distancing and responsible isolation. A portion of sales will be donated to BEAP, Bartender Emergency Assistance Program, to help displaced hospitality workers. Get 25% off your first order with code NODUNKS at sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at sundayscaries.com and enter code NODUNKS, where it asks for a coupon on the checkout page. Find out what product might be best for you, so go to sundayscaries.com and use code NODUNKS. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't been that motivated to tend to my hygiene the last couple months. Hadn't washed my hair in weeks. And then I got my goodies from Hawthorne. Body wash got me smelling tangy. Shea butter moisturizer got the face skin all bouncy. And the shampoo conditioner combo has my hair feeling soft. I actually can't remember the last time I conditioned my hair, but it was so fluffy. I said to Danielle, feel this. And she said... (laughs) Wow, that is soft. Wow. But I went to bed with wet head, and I woke up with huge hair, a mop. (laughs) It looked like our old producer, Matty Austin, who was once nicknamed Master Poof, before he got that hair trimmed, lined up his beard a little bit, nails done, hair done, everything did. And in honor of Matty O, I shaved my neck a little bit today. Felt good. But I forgot to put on my Hawthorne deodorant. That is still stinky in there. (laughs) This is how it works on Hawthorne. Take a quick two-minute quiz, and they will tell you what you need. Or you can take the quiz for someone else. A Father's Day gift, perhaps? Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co, and use promo code NODUNKS to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co, and use promo code NODUNKS to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. We had some live sports this past Sunday when Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning staved off a late comeback from Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady in the match two on TNT and TBS and HLN. I think this was airing everywhere. I didn't see a second of this. I I caught the highlights, but I hope some of you guys did. Up or down on the match two. Trey, I believe you did uh, consume some of this content, right? I consumed a chunk of holes, and I got to say I'm up on it because it is always fun to watch a professional athlete struggle at another sport. That was basically the premise of Shaq versus, right? And that was an entire TV show, but it was fun to watch Tom Brady go out there and just hit the ball all around uh, the golf course like any normal person would have done. You basically got... Phil Mickelson giving him a golf lesson as the thing is going on, which is kind of weird to see one rich guy give another guy a golf lesson, but it was great seeing Tom Brady legitimately be flustered by being so bad in front of people, in front of other legends. Another great part of this was seeing Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson wearing shorts 
I don't think I've seen either of those guys' legs in the 25 years that I've known about them, because they're always wearing pants on the golf course, but, you know, it was warm, so they were able to cut loose a little, wear some shorts, go crazy. Uh, all in all, I thought it was an enjoyable experience, but it left me asking the question, which NBA guys would you want to be in the Tom and Peyton slots? Huh. Uh, well, I mean... I mean, Charles Barkley was featured heavily, right, in this uh, yeah, in yeah. this production, yeah, um, and was dropping the zingers and stuff like that. And we know such a um, <laughs> a notoriously bad golfer, so yeah, okay, let's take him out of the mix. Do they have to be current players, or you know, uh, whatever? You know, I mean, like you Michael know, Jordan. <laughs> that's that's the ideal is MJ versus Chuck being out there. That would be amazing, <laughs> especially considering they have beef now. That to me is like. A $60 pay-per-view and probably worth it because you would imagine those guys are actually going to be gambling and, you know, putting some money on the line while they're out there. You think Barkley wins his uh, mansion off him? Right <laughs> yeah, mansion for mansion on the 18th green. Mm. Yeah. Did uh, any, any of the other guys watch this, the match too? Not really for me. No, I saw a couple of clips going around on Twitter and stuff like when Tom Brady split his pants. I thought that was, uh, <laughs> that was kind of funny. But, uh, yep. I mean, you want, you want Steph Curry out there. He's a great golfer. So, um, you know, I think that'd be, I think he'd be good out there. He could talk a little trash and he could back it up. So, um, you know, you, you don't want someone who's going to be just awful because it's okay for a hole or two or even a couple of strokes, but not for a whole, a whole match. You don't want to see someone who's just like, you know, hacking around the course. I think, uh, I think after a while, you'd just be like, oh man, this sucks. This is just like watching me play. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I kind of disagree with the, a bad golfer out there cause it's long anyways, Let's make it a couple hours longer. You know, I did. I like Tiger Woods going into the shrubs, going into the bush. Okay, well, let's let's find this thing because he wasn't looking for his ball. That's for sure. I guess he was looking for Tommy's. Uh, I, I watched some of it. Phil Mickelson. I, you, you probably wouldn't think of him as the the charismatic guy, but he carries this thing. Oh yeah, he is. He is. He's so good on the mic. And uh, they they uh, raised twenty million bucks. Twenty million bucks for COVID related causes. So. Big thumbs up. Yeah, and Tass, you're right. Um, Phil definitely carries it because Tiger is still too competitive because it actually started getting close down yeah. the last, you know, four holes or something. And Tiger, because he's Tiger, he was wearing a red shirt. It was a Sunday. He had to focus. You basically didn't hear anything from Tiger Woods during the last four holes. He's like, there is no way I am losing this match. It doesn't matter for anything, but I'm not losing it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, again, I only saw clips and was following it on Twitter at times, but... Seemed like it, it was uh, better well-received than the first one, right? You know, the first time uh, Phil and Tiger went head-to-head. Because they have done this before, but we add in these uh, NFL greats in Brady and Peyton. I think that's smart. It just seemed like they had a little more fun with it. I think they learned some things, of course, from the from the first one. And, uh, yeah, you had Brady shanking shots. But didn't he, like, hole one from the fairway, too? And had, like, a super long putt and, like... They were pulling some uh, some shots out of their ass at times. I, I don't you know, know touchdown Tom always comes through in the clutch. That's right. That's right. Um, I like you guys have no. You know, I, I moved and I'm somewhat close to a golf course now, and I'm like, I'm starting to contemplate. You know, do I do I try and take <laughs> up this sport? Um, I am not a golfer. I've golfed like three or four times in my life. You know, I'm of course brutal, um, but it's right there. You know, like I'm almost close enough. Like on a quiet. In fact, this past Sunday, on a quiet Sunday morning, I'm sitting on the front porch, and I heard a thwack. I was like, oh, damn, someone's teeing off there from the from hole three there. Nice shot. You know, I gave a little golf clap, a little nice. Um, so, yeah, maybe. But, you know, I also don't because it's just going to be hours, hours of my days out there on the golf course. I'm a, I can't commit to that. 
But I do think it might be a par three course, so maybe that's good. Especially for the match uh, three: Skeets and Tass versus Lee and Trey. Wow, <laughs> that would be putting upwards so of ten dollars a piece on every hole. <laughs> All right, I like that idea. JD, did you happen to catch any of the match too? I, I did not. I, I don't understand. Well, I understand why they are using athletes because it's a sport, but. If you if the whole point of it is just two guys walking through a park talking, you know, trash to each other, get some people who are funny and engaging, you know, like uh, if it's if it's like Conan O'Brien and Jeff Goldblum, you know, playing right. golf mm-hmm. against each other, I'm in. I don't care how bad the golf is at all. And you know, it's just about those guys just playing off one another. So, that's that's my thing. Maybe we'll get to that. We probably will. Bill oh, yeah. Murray and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. yeah. All right, next one comes from at MB Basketball News or N Basketball News. Um, it's a it's an interesting question. Are you up or down on talking about Giannis's free agency already? Oh, Lee, why don't you get started? Down big time on that. As uh, it sounds like a leaf blower might be Uh-oh. just actually approaching. Oh boy! Two sounds you want to never hear are the Bean Town Boys approaching <laughs> or the Blower Boys. Yeah, no, I, I, I really. Uh, the thing is, Giannis has one more guaranteed year on his contract for next season, 2021, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. And of course, he's going to command everyone, every team in the league's attention. Um, but I just don't want to spend the whole next year talking about will he go to here, will he go to the Warriors, will he join the Lakers, will he stay in Milwaukee. I think really the Bucks have done a great job in the last couple of years of surrounding him with good talent, putting him in a position uh, to be successful. Obviously, last year they were two games away from the finals, and this year they were certainly on track, likely to at least make the finals. And that's all the Bucks can do is, is is make you know he's probably going to be MVP again this season, so he's being able to flourish in that role. The Bucks are having success. Whether or not they can win the championship, of course, that's a big challenge and a big question. But I don't think we need to start speculating that if they don't and if they have a bad run here, Giannis is going to be bolting and, and going to leave. I think personally he would love to stay in Milwaukee, but we just don't know what's going to happen until the end of next season. Whenever that even starts, who knows when that's going to even start. So we don't need to spend the next 12 months speculating on what might happen or what you know what he's thinking because I'm sure he doesn't even really know at this point. And the Bucks are in the box seat to keep him. I think that, like I said, they've done a good job and they're winning and successful. That's really all the franchise can do to keep their superstar player. Yeah, um, you make a lot of great points, Lee, and it is infuriating that we're going to be talking about this for a year, but guess what? We're going to be talking about it for a year because it's the biggest question in the league, and the coronavirus shutdown has made it even more complicated because there's no way of knowing where the salary cap is going to be for the start of the 2021 season. Also, no way of knowing what the salary cap is going to be for the 21-22 season that summer when Giannis is a free agent. As Adam Silver said, 40% of the league's revenue comes from fans, and that goes directly into the BRI, which is split between players, which is how we figure out the salary cap. And now we have no idea when fans are even going to be back into stadiums, you know, providing that basketball revenue. We don't know if there will be cap smoothing. We don't know how the Bucks are going to do. We're going to be hearing about this until Giannis is a free agent because the question has gotten even more complicated since the season started. Um, But you're right. I mean... The easiest way for the Bucks to get people to stop talking about it is to keep winning and winning. But as we've seen, even that isn't always a recipe for keeping your players around. I'm up for a couple of reasons. One, because people start talking about the Golden State Warriors potentially getting Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that gets people riled up. And uh, I think that's um, there's no possibility that he joins the Golden State Warriors. But 
Hey, we all thought about that, that about Kevin Durant, so who the heck knows? I'm also up because every time people talk about Giannis Antetokounmpo, somebody brings up the video of me calling him overrated <laughs> and it resurfaces <laughs> from 2015 after his second season in the NBA. So uh, it's always good for a good Twitter fight. And uh, hey, you know, need to need to occupy my time with something. So got some Twitter fights ready to go. Got my, got my copy paste ready to go for all those Yanis lovers out there. Oh, nice. Well, I'm down on this one because Giannis is staying in Milwaukee. You can lock it in, JD. Next one. Here's an important headline I have to read to all of y'all. From the Daily Mail. Blake Griffin works up a sweat during a game of kickball with fellow NBA player Chandler Parsons and friends. Dot, dot, dot. As LA begins to relax COVID-19 restrictions. That was a real headline that one of you guys sent me through Slack, so we had to address it here on the Updown Report. Um, yeah, you got a shirtless Blake out there kicking the ball around. Are you up or down on kickball? That's the question here. Tass, remember that old elementary school game, up or down? <laughs> I'm up for all social events right now. It looks awesome. Um, but I think kickball... It's a sport for everyone, so I'm definitely up. It's inclusive. Okay. I think you can be bad and still participate and not be embarrassed. You can kick a ball and whiff on whiff it because unless you're a soccer player, that's going to happen even to Blake, I think, or Chandler P. Uh, but I think if you're a great athlete like those guys, you can still shine in this game. You can still make a huge catch at the wall if there's a wall, or, <laughs> or you can make a nice boot like Blake I think said he <laughs> he uh, he knocked one out of the park and he was pretty happy with himself it's challenging but it's sort of like pickleball I think uh, everybody can play mm. Lee? Yes uh, it looks like it's a fun game you um, never played kickball? I, I don't think so oh wow Okay, I mean I it's basically baseball but you roll the ball to the yeah. batter and <laughs> you can have it. a good old kick. Yeah. <laughs> Soccer baseball. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, I don't I don't, I don't really remember playing it, but uh, maybe at some point. But uh, listen, it's good to see Chandler Parsons out there because uh, he had a pretty nasty end to the season and uh, and his NBA career might be over. So um, he's looking though at least here that he's uh you know, he's doing okay. So that's good news. Um I just hope everyone was social distancing as uh, appropriately as they should have been on during this event. Mm, yes, because yeah, yeah, you're right. This happened recently. I don't think they're wearing masks, are they? No. Um, but you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, kickball, Trey, up or down? Well, it's funny that Tass says you can't embarrass yourself playing kickball. As everybody knows, I've got these tiny feet, and if you're playing <laughs> kickball, the focus is solely on your feet. For me, it's like trying to hit a beach ball with a wiffle ball bat. You can do it, but that thing is not going far. I'm barely just like flicking at it. You know, if I were to play a wiffle ball game, I would have to call up our old cameraman Rick and say, "Man, hook me up with those goofy shoes. I need a boot." It's, uh, it's yeah. like performance-enhancing boots. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I show up in my floppy clown shoes. They're like, "This guy is finally ready to play." <laughs> Or you go up a couple sizes on a shoe. I think uh, I think you'd benefit from that, you know. Yeah, but either way, people are going to be looking. They're going to when I show up, they're like, "Let's see this old midget foot come on up here. See if those baby toes can do anything." And I show up with what a giant pair of boots. I look even more ridiculous. Either way, I'm going home heckled as the guy with the tiny feet. Oh yeah, sure. especially especially because you're a big guy too. 
So it's like, oh, here comes the big, you know, the, the big boot. He's going to knock this one out. Everybody move back. Everybody move back. And then you're like, no, no, no. Look at my feet. Look at my feet. I'm normal. I'm like you. Um, but you're right. You know, you're the giant guy in softball, kickball, whatever. Everybody thinks you're hitting dingers. Uh, but you're at a disadvantage out there. That's I'm like Michael Jordan, you know. It looks like I'd be a power hitter because of the size. But I come up, I'm batting 220 with a couple of little bloop singles here and there. Pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I'm, I'm up on kickball. I, I remember playing basically three sports from like you know uh during recess uh in elementary school it was kickball had its good run there was foot hockey i mean come on up in canada we're playing tons of foot hockey and uh and then there was straight up like baseball i guess we started playing that a little bit later but kickball was huge and i will say um you know we talked about kiddie pools and adults adults being in them it's fine adults playing kickball too we uh i have friends that every you know they do a New Year's like gathering up at a cabin and stuff like that. And one of the rules of this, and they've been doing it for years now, is um, a kickball game. Like the day of, like December 31st, because you know it's nice down here in Georgia. Are usually nice enough that you can still be outside and you got a sweater on. But uh, it's fun. The rules to it are you have to have a drink in your hand. So you everybody is playing kickball, but you have to have like a beer or a drink or whatever in your hand while the game goes on. And if you drop your drink, it's like there's penalties, right, to the other to your team. Like somebody's got to do a shot or somebody's got to do it, finish the rest of it or something like that. So it's pretty fun. Kickball's still fun. So uh, I don't think I'd want to join a league because I know those exist. But uh, every once in a while, I'm down to kick a ball. JD? Yeah, f- kickball. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The last time I played, I was in elementary school, and, yeah, I completely whiffed on the ball my my – foot went so high up and then it came back down and landed on the ball so the and the ball flew backwards and i fell down and i've i never lived it down like never it ruined my elementary school reputation it followed me into high school so yeah i'm way down on kickball all right right. a few more here uh lee this one's uh right in your wheelhouse this is from at mr vesco uh, a longtime fan of the show, teacher. Up or down on crepes for dinner? Mm. Well, I'm up on them as long as someone else makes them. Mm. Because um, I find crepes, you know, they're basically pancakes, but they're without baking soda. But I just find them a little bit harder to cook properly, you know? So okay. um, I like it if you go to a restaurant, you know, and, and you can get crepes there. It's like, fine, they're great because they're made properly. And they've got that big, you know, that sort of um, plate that they cook crepes on? Yep. You know, when you go to like a festival and you see them they, and they and they sort of slide underneath them like that. You need one of those, really, if you're going to make proper crepes at like home. A giant so, griddle type. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It's huge. It's huge. It's, it's pretty cool watching them because they only take a few seconds to uh, cook. But I just find at home a little bit tougher to get them right. So at home, no. On the road in a restaurant, yes. Up for road it. crepes and street ribs. Exactly. This man likes to eat on the go. <laughs> But no problem for dinner. I mean, that's the real yeah, part of this. It's fine. Question. You can make a nice savory one. You can put, if you want, just all like, uh, you know, mozzarella, basil, and tomato in there if you want it like that. Or if you okay. want to add some shredded chicken, you can do that as well. I mean, okay. it's, uh, it's really up to you. The ingredients are not the problem. <laughs> it's just actually getting the crepe texture right. That's what I find right. surprisingly difficult, you know, considering how often I make pancakes at home. It's like, just don't put the baking powder in there. But it still just doesn't seem to work. You know, you need, you need that. that swirl. Yeah, exactly. That's what you need. All right. Uh, Trey, what do you think? I, I love a savory crepe, but to me, it is the ingredients that are the problem, Lee. A quiche and a crepe are in the same category. They're not specifically breakfast foods, 
but I want them closer to breakfast. If I'm eating an egg at dinner, it's gotta be fried and thrown on top of something, not baked. Uh, and that's the main problem for me. These are more brunch foods rather than mm. dinner foods. Mm, mm, mm. We're gonna have to test it out one day and go and have crepes for dinner and just see if I can persuade you. Because I think, I think you get the right crepe in the right atmosphere. I think you could be like in business here. You're like, okay, okay. Well, I know we're still expecting those crepes from Toronto to be mailed in, so <laughs> yeah. perhaps, uh, perhaps hey, what we can finally place? get together. What about that place, Juliana's? I think it is. Um, is it Juliana's right near your place? Yeah, that's right place. down the... Uh, no yeah. spoilers, man. I don't want the crepes, the crepe creeps tracking me down to my kiddie pool. <laughs> Jazz, crepes for dinner, up or down? Breakfast for dinner, why the heck not? Yeah. I think all breakfast foods can go for dinner, sure. Oh, yeah. I love doing it every once in a while. Again, it's like kickball. Don't do it all that often, but every once in a while. Love uh, just a straight-up breakfast, you know, at 6 or 7 o'clock at night. JD, did you have a bad incident with breakfast when you were in elementary school? (laughs) Well, I don't see see crepes as a breakfast food at all. It's more of a dessert, is it not? I mean, and in fact, uh, it's more of an activity because if I'm not on the streets in some town in France eating a crepe, then there's no point in crepes at all. Like, I'm not... I'm not eating a crepe outside of France. It's just you eat it on the street from a street vendor with smothered in Nutella. And it's just it's like, oh, yeah, that's just a stupid pancake. It's fine. But I, hey, I'm in France. So, right. so good for me. But yeah, crepes, crepes anytime outside of France. Forget about it. You're never having a stateside crepe. <laughs> never. Man of principle right there. All right. A couple more. This one from Matt Martyr on Instagram. Up or down on the Dunkless as a No Dunks Crew collective name. We've uh, talked before about well, what do we name the No Dunks uh, team here, or, or maybe even our fans. I don't know, whatever, some sort of collective of No Dunks. The Dunkless. Tass, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, no. No, I, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't mind it as an option. It's not, it's not bad, um, but uh, I think it's... I don't think we're big enough to uh, to to go all cool, you know. We're not the Beehive, we're not uh, um, any of those. We're not Rihanna. We can't we can't we can't go cool. I think we got to keep it simple, as simple as possible at, at this stage until we become as big as uh, as everybody as a, a Rihanna or whatever. So let's just go no dunkers. Okay. Okay. So that's. I, I, so no dunkers for us collectively, but what about the dunkless as the fans? Maybe. Hmm. No, I, I'm with Tass. I'm sideways because I don't love it, but I also I haven't heard a better suggestion. I've kept uh, track of a lot of these that people have sent in over the year uh, during the season, including Dunkachinos, Dunkeldorfs, Dinkers, Dinks, Dinkies, Dunker Oodles, Dinky Dough, A Dear Dum Dums, No Dunkaroonies, Dinkheads, No Diggy Dunkers, No Dumps, No Doinkers, Donks, Mo Funkers, No Junks, Dinky Boys, The No Dunk A Doodle Doos, No Chunkies, Donkers, Dunkies, Dumpies, Super Dinks, No Diddly Dinks, The No Dunks Crew, NDC, and The Dink Dumps. There have been a lot of them, and none of them are bangers yet, so keep them coming. Why do why half of those have dinks in it? <laughs> I don't know. Why did somebody send in Darnell Dinkins? <laughs> uh, okay, Lee, the Dunkless. What are your thoughts on that? Well, any, any nickname is best when it just becomes natural. You know, okay. So we can't really name ourselves anything. We've just got to let the fans over time figure out what it is. 
and then we just got to run with it, you know? Okay. So it doesn't have to be straight away. It can just be something that happens and, and it just becomes consistent when people send in emails or whatever, what they call themselves when they go to shows and what they call us. I think that's the best way to approach it. So the Dunkless, mm, not my favorite one. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I, I think okay. we can uh, keep working on it though. And, uh, and again, the fans will decide it ultimately. All right, JD, thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm fine with it. The Dunkless, it's got a nice, it's sort of like the... Uh like the Dothraki, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's something, it's a, it's a name. It yeah. works. The, <laughs> the Unsullied and- by Dunks. No, that doesn't work. But you know, yeah, I like it. I'm up. The Young and the Dunkless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if Trey Young ever comes on our show. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I like how it looks when I read it here on my screen. I like how it looks more than I say <laughs> it. You know, you get those odd things. I don't know. It looks cool. But, uh, okay, let's hear from the fans on that one. That one's very important. At No Dunks Inc., are you up or down on the Dunkless? Either as our collective name or a name for the fans out there. Final one. This one's from Nick in Brooklyn. JD, this one's all for you. He wrote, Nick, the up-down report play-in music has heavy dubstep vibes. Mm. JD, given your history of music criticism on the pod and the not-dubstep musicians you've praised, <laughs> I'd love to hear your take on dubstep. And the process of creating the up-down jam, because it is a jam, of course. So that's a fun one. Up or down on dubstep, JD? Well, I've never mentioned Skrillex. Uh, I'm way up on dubstep, obviously. I mean, I should point out that I've I've never actually listened to dubstep like for pleasure or anything. It's not something I would just put on even for like a workout or anything. But um, I like dubstep a lot. Like it's. It's a rare genre that's simultaneously awesome and ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> like you just you can't you just can't be blasé about dubstep. It's 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 like this pure energy, but it's also hilarious and yet kind of great, right? It's just right. it's somehow the cheesiest music in the world without being corny, if that makes sense. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It just strikes a perfect balance, which is what you want when you're choosing music to put in a show. Um, so that's why I love it. I mean, it's, it's, it's great in things like Deadpool. Um, and I've seen it, uh, Amy Schumer had a sort of dubstepy, um, theme coming into her, her show. And, uh, I think it's great. I mean, and it, it's so hard to find music like that, that strikes that perfect, uh, emotion, I guess. Um, I also have a rule on the show that I don't like to use guitar, guitar driven music for stuff. Um, why, so why is that? It just, that, that comes off as corny to me. The only time I've used it, I think is when we did the, uh, the Dave DeFore theme, uh, for the, the thing that we did. That was the last, <laughs> right. the last time I did it. And I think it was the first time in literally years that I've used something driven by guitars, mm. um, because it just screams monster truck to me, which is corny. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so. so down on monster trucks, up on dubstep, way up on dubstep. All right, Honestly, we- I'm shocked. I would have, I would have guessed the complete flip flop. Mm. Yeah. It's weird. I, well, you know, like I listen to to get most of the music that I listen to for pleasure is guitar driven music. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. throw on some Zeppelin or or uh, or the the Smashing Pumpkins or whatever. But and I would never put on Skrillex. <laughs> never, <laughs> never. Oh my god, I'd rather eat glass. But for for our show, it's awesome. Wow, Lee, Lee um, I'm just fascinated to hear your take on dubstep. 
do you, do you know what dubstep is, or do you have an idea, or how would you clarify it? No. <laughs> if you had to guess, what is dubstep? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't know how to sort of put it into words. I mean, I sort of know what it is. Okay, sing it. Sing it. Noises. Me. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think dubstep sounds like? Please try and just give us some sounds. Uh, it's oh man. Uh, no, I can't. I just, I, oh, I don't, I can't man. think of how to like how to translate it. You know, like I can't. I mean, <laughs> I hear it, and that's it. It just, it doesn't come out. It just sort of goes in. It doesn't go through me. It just stays in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the dubstep lives inside of you. <laughs> that's right. Well, JD, I do think you hit on something that dubstep makes things that are kind of funny very funny. Yes. Like, there's, um, I've got a clip of Skeets dancing at one of our buddies' houses to some dubstep music, and just every time the beat drops, he falls down onto the couch. Very good. Uh, I made a cut of Tass dressed as Hito Turkaloo dancing to some dubstep music. <laughs> and when you see somebody dancing to dubstep, you're laughing. Yeah. No doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's absolutely impossible to dance to. <laughs> and I think that's what you're getting at, Trey, is that the person will never be dancing to the music. It's, yes. it's, it's a very much a skill to be able to dance to dubstep. It's it's so hard. And that, I think I've pulled it off a couple times, but I, I don't want to go back to that state, I don't think, where I was able to do that. It's so, so hard to be able to do that. But uh, some people can pull it off, I guess. Let's hear from you guys. Thumbs up or thumbs down on dubstep. And thumbs up or thumbs down on all of these topics that we just addressed. Up or down on all of these topics that we just addressed here on the Up Down Report. That was a fun one. Um, we, we started with a very passionate discussion about the <laughs> 1-16 to 16 playoff format. And with uh, with Lee not really being able to sing any dubstep for us, but we went, uh, you know, we had a blast with this one. It's so funny guys, because keep- it, um, I, just, I just Googled it here and it originated in uh, South London. Um, in the late 90s. I mean, okay. that, was, that was where I was. Did um, you maybe create dubstep oh, by accident? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, I, I went to a couple of raves there at, uh, at the, the fridge in Brixton. They probably had dubstep going there. I don't know. <laughs> For sure they did. Yeah. I'm just trying to, like, the top 20 dubstep songs of all time, and none of them really hit me like I know them. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Guys, get your questions in. For Beach Steppin' this week, email us nodunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksync. And if you have up or down uh, specific questions, again, tweet them at us at nodunksync or hashtag nodunks. All right, Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Lee Ellis is the creator of Dubstep. He (laughs) created it at The Fridge in Brixton, London, England. (laughs) Brace the day, people.